Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode three of the Monkey Business Podcast. Today we have a very special guest here, Johan, of course, with us. Hi, Johan, how are you doing? Hello, very good. Gorgeous day, and Dora has been played. So, yeah. Yes, we're we're playing right now the the tiebreakers. But okay, going back to the guests, we have Casper, our wonderful coach, and we have a new friend. Hello, new friend. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey guys, my name is Nemanja, but uh, most of you probably know me by my in-game name. It's Nexa. I'm a CSGO player and um, I'm, I just officially became a player for OG. Woo! Awesome, awesome. Woo okay, so we have so many things to unpack, but welcome. Welcome to the podcast and welcome to OG. Okay, so uh, let's explain a little bit, Johan, where the starting of a project was, because you were the only one here when we started the project. And so after TI9, uh, after you guys won, you, you knew that you wanted to get into CSGO, correct? So when well, you guys mm -hmm. got together and decided that CSGO was the next big frontier and horizon for OG. And part of your hypothesis or premise back in the day was that you wanted to get this dual leader core that you guys had with MBK and Alexi. After the first year of uh, specific uh, ups and downs, uh, the roster decided that we were going to move uh, MBK out of the roster and that we were going to keep Alexi as a single leader. And I think that a lot of the same philosophies that you guys wanted uh, in Dota and that you were living by in Dota, you tried to transplant them into, into CSGO. And I think we had a, a good year uh, with Alexi and we had a lot of really good things with, with MBK and Alexi together. But I think that we all felt that there was like something missing throughout the last, specifically last part of last year. So after not qualifying to the major and not qualifying to the finals for Blast, we knew that something was going to have to happen. And very rare times we have an opportunity like this one, where the major finalist is looking to do something different. So from our perspective, we were trying to figure out what to do. We were having team talks and then the possibility of acquiring Nexa came into our radar. So that was a very, very exciting possibility. We got together and we saw that we could improve, that we could get better. We thought that Nexa could bring an immense amount of expertise, winning mentality and ferocity, I think, to the roster. And here you are. That's the that's the setup of, of this whole conversation. You've been with the team, what, for like a few days only, right? Practicing. Yeah. I mean, I'm not so sure if I can bring you the winning mentality, but I can definitely get you some second places. No problem. <laughs> okay. Well, I think second okay. places is the, it's the okay. closest we come to first. Yeah. Um, no, it's a job at myself. I'm constantly finishing second at all the big events, but yeah. Um, I'm really glad that I made this move and I'm really glad that I'm here and after I think we spent like a week together and I've already gotten to know everyone like in, inside the, the team and I think we clicked pretty well and I'm really excited to, to playing this season. That's awesome. Dude. So tell me a little bit about your story. So you were for two years in G2? Yeah, like for I, I think two and a half years um, pretty okay. much in, in G2. It was a really long ride. Like we had our like ups and downs like honestly the ups were great but the downs were like you know catastrophic um i think the the experience i had there is something that's kind of made me um grow up let's say and take this thing not as just like a a hobby of just playing a video game but take it as like a serious job where you have to put in an insane amount of work if you want to stay at, at the top level um and if you want to play and be, be consistent in the game um, and it's definitely also taught me a lot about like life itself in general and how to speak and communicate and like you know be in a group of people and how to kind of be in charge of a group of people you know which is not something I was doing previously 
and I'm really grateful for like all the experiences and everything I had there. But I, I felt like that it was time for me to move on. I didn't really feel like I could do anything more or like do anything else for the players that were there or, um, you know, like kind of, I, I, I don't think like I could have made them better players than they were anymore. But I saw the opportunity in, in OG where there is a lot of like untapped talent kind of and a lot of potential in, in all the like younger players. And I thought it was a great opportunity for me because I always played with young players in, in my previous teams. And I always played with this kind of like unproven stars who had this potential and I always knew what to do with them and how to use them. So it really felt felt like a good fit for me. And that's why I decided to kind of um, switch it up and, and make the decision to, to, to join OG. That's awesome. Okay, so Johan, for you, obviously Alexi was somebody that we work really closely with and that we try to invest in, in him and he's somebody that we honestly like him a lot as a person, you know, but you, you've been in these, in these sometimes situations, you know, where something's got to change and how do you normally face this from a captain or from a roster perspective in your opinion? Yeah. I mean, first of all, I would have to say, I mean, I'm impressed with the choice of words. I think it's, it was a very cool uh, layout. I've, I could see a lot of the same things that I have or the same conclusions I have come to. And, uh, yeah, already, I think it's, um, it's a very caring mentality that, that I hear from you next time. Uh, for me, it was like music to my ears. Uh, and yeah, sometimes you find yourself to Jay's question, you, you find yourself in situations where I don't know, you feel stuck or problems you've tried to fix and cannot be fixed. And, and there's a thing such as enough is enough. Um, and, and, and it wouldn't make sense. It's not healthy. It's like, yeah, life is going to tell you, like, put it down and, and just uh, move on, you know, um, and how you go about it. It's like, uh, maturely, I would say transparently, if you can, uh, the less of a surprise it comes to anyone, the better. If you are very clear about yourself and how things are going and what you're happy and unhappy with, like, uh, change is more predictable, I guess. And, 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 and a, I don't want to say softer blow, but it's like more, um, the path will be clear. Whereas if somebody then wakes up one day and then you let everything out, like all the problems that you have and you've come to an end and you're already fed up, it, it, things can come very suddenly and it can be very, uh, yeah, it can just feel rougher than it, than it has to. Um, so it, it's, it's also something that takes time because it's very easy to run away from problems and like not face certain problems. And then you find yourselves like, you know, in a breakup that's just, yeah, again, rougher than it has to be. Uh, and if you're mature about it and, and forward thinking, you're, everybody gets um, gets away feeling not so hurt, you know? I would say, Johan, I wish we can show you the video next uh, later, but Johan spoke a week and a half ago about how for him, the idea of building a team is like climbing a mountain and you gotta see, you gotta see it before you can climb it, you know? And you have to believe it and really commit to each other. And I feel that on our last roster, it was hard to see it at one point at the end it, it, it was i don't know if it was a lot of things that happened and maybe you know maybe at some point people stop having the faith but i don't know casper you were with them the guys i felt that there was a moment by the time we didn't qualify to this big tournament that i think the faith went away a little bit i think there were like <laughs> a lot of things going on in the fall uh, both in in the player set but also outside the server which kind of gave us the feeling that we kind of needed to like really die hard, like go for the major qualification. And when it didn't happen, I think it, it kind of blew like the motivation, maybe not like actively, but in the subconscious of players, because obviously everyone wants to go to the biggest tournament of the year and watching it from home is always rough. So like those things always like take a toll on you. But I would actually say like after missing out, we tried to like move closer together, like do the best we could, like create some like nice routines that we could like win and compete within. But in the end, when it came to like the last like, event of the season, you could feel like we we fell a bit flat and yeah, the faith and maybe the trust all, all in mixed up together was kind of the deciding thing in us not really like making the jump we, we hope to do. Okay. Yeah, I think that, look, uh, we obviously believe a lot in the roster and believe in all the players in it. We've been, you know, in OG, we have a, a few unique uh, ways of seeing the world. 
we do keep rosters together for a very long time. If we were to move players as fast as Reddit or HLTV would like us, nobody will actually even get the time to get the jersey because that's just how fast people want to move it. But I think that we were very honest with with giving this the best shot. I mean, we gave it two years plus, you know? This was the best shot we could give it. And I think that one of the things that attracted me to Nexa is that you're actually very loyal to your teams as well. I, I can think, I'm sure you can say that you tried everything you could at G2, you know? You were there, committed for two and a half years, day in and day out. And that's the kind of leader that we want. And we were excited to work with. So yeah, for you, I, I don't know, I would like to know more about your mentality about this. Yeah, Sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Yeah, um, no, no, no problem. Like for, for the last like two and a half years, we've actually tried every possible option and like scenario with like seven different players in, in the roster to see like what is the best. So um, we definitely like always in the project for, for the long run, not just like short term results. Um, and we gave it a fair shot with like Kenny, with Tamanek, with Jax, like shuffling them all around and seeing who fits best, who can play what role. Um, you know, we just swapped around trying to make like the personalities fit as best as possible. I think like two years ago, like before I joined G2, um, I, I remember like we were kind of in, in talks with OG as well. Um, we were speaking with Alexi for me and Hunter to join OG at the time when you guys were just starting to kind of make a team with 10BK, Alexi, me, Hunter, and then Manto as the upper. Um, and we decided not to go that way, but I think you guys had the right approach where you need this kind of like two um, leader type personalities in the team to kind of be like the engines of a team. I really like liked that idea. And that's how I, I, I like to kind of think of my teams as well. And that's how I always try to find one guy in the team that I can really create this like relationship with that he trusts me and I trust him to kind of be the like secondary voice of the team. But um, I mean, I, I don't know so much about like Alexi and NBK, but I think like if the personalities clash and one always wants to be on top of the other, then you create like discomfort and, uh, and, and a dysfunctional team. Um, but yeah, like I think you had the right idea, but maybe just not, not the right people to kind of fit, fit in properly together personality wise. Um, but yeah, like that, that's what I'm trying now to do with Valde. And I think we are kind of getting along pretty, pretty well. And for me, I think I'm a pretty like mellow guy. Like, you know, I, I can take a step back. I can concede, like, I don't really, like, I will not fight for every inch, every step of everything to have it done my way. You know, I really like to listen to the players and like take in their feedback and kind of build upon what, what also what they want to do. Um, and yeah, that's just like the, the personality that I have and how I always was. Um, and I think that's the reason why I work so well with, with other people. I'm, I'm not really like stubborn, let's say so much. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I really, I really think you guys were like on the, on the correct path, like in the general idea of how to approach, like building, building a team. And I think all the other like top tier teams have like one guy who is the on paper, like the in-game leader, but there's also one more guy in the team who is like this voice that's always like, you know, like bringing up, coming up with ideas, like helping the others develop and kind of being like the second engine of the team as well. So I saw you laughing, Johan, <laughs> about the multi-leader. Is it bringing you flashbacks? Or no, I why were you it, laughing? No, I'm just, I'm just finding it funny. No, I just find it funny. It's the similarities and stuff. And, uh -huh. and I was also thinking like, uh, yeah, you have, um, you have this naturally developing, I want to say, in, in human groups of certain sizes. Um, I think there's a lot of, uh, there's, there's a lot to, uh, I, I, again, I love everything I heard about enabling and feeling, feeling that people like making people feel heard, enabling, uh, seeing potential and, and doing all those things. And then there's this aspect of hierarchy where you, where you act like you have a system, you have a, a way to move forward at all times and you, people naturally should fall into the right role. And it's very good when the, of course, the two guys on top have a good relationship because they can fix almost everything. And, and the people then who like, there's nobody else trying to fill out roles that they shouldn't be filling or add more or say things that have already been said or something like I, I had the example also yesterday with the Dota team. It's like when somebody has just made an awesome speech and it's like, you know, it's pre-game and you had a little bit of mo like a little, little bit of time, 
it's going to make no sense if another dude starts making a speech, you know, just because he has to or he thought, you know, this was his job. No, no, no. People adapt and yeah. people find the right place and, and what to do. Um, and sometimes it is not doing something because you both have the same idea or whatever. And and for like, yeah, for whatever reason, I, I've seen this system in, in more than one game and in more than one place. Um, and I think it's a, it's a good, it's the best one. <laughs> yeah, I have to say that I, obviously we have Johan and Seb in the Dota team and I would say 95% of the time it works really well. And there is 5% that I just want to give them like, remember like those plushies so they can fight it out as gladiators. Because <laughs> it's really funny. We have to, to to throw ourselves in the middle because yeah, obviously I think that the, the easy part is intellectually, you have to be aligned, okay? Academically and intellectually, you have to be experienced and you have to be willing to listen to each other. I think the very tricky part becomes where when things get a little bit iffy, is on on the belief but you have to be aligned you know on the definition of what are the next steps that you need to take to win because in that pivotal moment is where maybe i think we need to try harder and the other person is like we need to give them more freedom you know and boom i think that was the the colliding moment and even johan and said don't get it right every day you know there's constantly alignment but it's just there's such a core of honesty between each other you know that the moment that they're unaligned, they find a way to align themselves. And it's been beautiful to see it. Or you even try to get more people like around you to like fix this relationship because <laughs> it's very important, you know, like you actually have somebody on guard, which is like, hey, you got you two need to talk, you know, because sometimes it's not easy either to like do everything in a day and, and make sure that every relationship stays intact within the team. So it's even worth getting another yeah. guy to like just oversee it uh, and even help you, you know. We have Mia with the Dota team that has helped a lot. And we also have Mia now working with you guys. So so I was saying that I was part of the of the Watch Patrol and Mia was part of it and Tituan was part of it. And I didn't do a very good job de-escalating. I did a very good job escalating them. But <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I got them to talk about the real shit, you know? But maybe it's not what we need at every time. But uh, dude, next, I am fascinated to hear more about you, how you see the team, how your plans for the future, what you want as a person, you know, from us, from OG, I don't know, talk to me. Um, yeah, I think the first thing I want for myself is to prove that um, I am capable of winning and that I can, like, you know, win championships and that I am a great in-game leader, not just a decent one. And I want to prove it that even without, uh, like, star players like Nico or Kenny or whoever, that I can still... Uh, bring a team to like a top, top five consistent level at, at, at any point, you know, and that's like my kind of personal goal. And I also want to bring myself back into shape because I was not in the greatest of shapes individually in the past six months or like more, more or less. Um, but, and for, for the team goals, um, like, I, I think I want to help flames and Mantu develop because I think they're like heavily, like under underused in the, in the previous iterations of, of the team and i think i can do way more with them than that has been done before and just enabling them and seeing them like play and hit their peaks while like under my leadership will definitely be like a sense of um you know like joy and gratification for for myself as well um and then i mean yeah yeah that, that's like pretty much it for like my goals and how i see the team and how i want us to develop is basically um, as, um, like, as you said, there's like a hierarchy in like who, who's like voice and words come, you know, like above everyone else and basically who have like the, the last say and like the, the last decision. And in, in my opinion, it should definitely be like, kind of like the management of the team, like the, the manager, the coach, uh, assistant coach, like the coaching staff, let's say basically should kind of be the ones who, um, dictate the pace of the team let's say like outside the server like you know preparing stuff and you know how are we gonna practice this day or yeah like you you get you get what i'm what i'm talking about i guess um just basically be in charge of the planning and 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 everything that comes around it and then i really love the idea of having a sports psychologist because it's something we really lacked in g2 and i was trying to to, to push for it because i think one thing that was stopping G2 from being a championship winning team was like the mentality issues that we had. And I think with the sports psychologists, we could have easily overcome them, but unfortunately we didn't. 
we didn't really get one. And I really love the idea of working with, uh, with the sports psychologist and having people to always kind of be open and talk about all the issues because in my previous teams, I had people like kind of just keep quiet and build everything up until it just kind of explodes. And at one point I just had one of my teammates say, you either kick this guy or I'm not going to play. And then you would just like, you know, just leave and, and wait for, can, wait can I guess what's happening? You know? <laughs> uh, um, it, it was it was before it was before G two, but yeah, like we had a lot of like you know okay. tension build up and everything. So kind of like honesty and being open and always talking about like all the issues. I, I, I think at, at in in OG at least, I think everyone is like pretty open to criticism and everything. So like talking to them directly and saying you don't like how they do this or you don't want them to do this anymore. I think everyone will be open and. I think it also creates a really healthy relationships and like for me i was always saying that like if you have a really good like mood and atmosphere within the team you're gonna perform even better like on, on the server you know if if everyone is kind of like tilting and the mood is pre pretty much shit, and at the smallest mistake people already start to kind of say like it's it's lost we're done it's over then it all just goes downhill so fast so <laughs> like having this like having these like good bonds and being uh like in, in this good atmosphere consistently is just gonna help you like stay stay alive stay in the game and make a lot more comebacks because it's really possible like cs is a game where you just gotta take it round by round and never kind of mm -hmm. give in and give up because you can bring back pretty much any score line i mean that that's kind of like my take on it and i think the last thing is about trust and i think like one one more thing that I was always kind of saying to everyone is that if you, if like your teammates trust you and like you're all on the same page, like even a bad call that everyone believes in can work better than the perfect call that pe people are like doubting and hesitating about. So that's kind of like my philosophy towards like Counter-Strike, I guess. I agree with you. Johan, you were laughing again. <laughs> you're having too many flashbacks yeah. in the middle of this conversation. Uh, I wanted to ask Casper, like, are you in the boat of, um, what do you think is like, how much does the teammate stuff, the mentality, the trust, how much does this weigh in comparison to like the raw talent and, and having like the five man superstar team, would you say, uh, like, let's say you have the team that has the good balance and full trust and they're like, they're only half as talented and they play against a full on superstar team that doesn't get along. How, what's the score, what's the score is going to look like? How many times do they take maps <laughs> of each other? I think it would probably be quite even. And I also think that's what you see oh, yeah? in the CSGO environment right now, because a lot of like these super, like super teams, maybe their peak on the long run is a bit higher, but their lows are like really, really low when they cannot get along. And that's when you see the like funky, like tournament runs, but obviously like the teams that go get a will and everything like tend to be a bit more consistently, maybe not with the highest of peaks, but way more consistent and making deep runs everywhere. I think like speaking from outside, like watching T2, they had like really high peaks, but they also had really like lows with Unix. So I think it's, it's the name of the game right now, finding the right balance out there. And I think those are the teams that are performing the best at the moment. Yeah. If I can say like before we got Nico, we didn't really have like a superstar um in the team we were just five guys like all believing in each other and i think we actually were like a, a better team uh in, in our previous like roster and we actually like even though we didn't win anything we actually were the number one hltv rated team for two weeks at least <laughs> um but yeah like we had this bond and trust and the relationships between everyone were like really good and we really enjoyed playing with each other and it made us super consistent like super consistent i think we were in the top five or top three for like six months or something like really performing on consistent level always like top four finishes uh some grand finals as well um uh, but then when we got nico yeah that's when kind of like the, the balance of the team shifted and then we would finish last place and then go into grand finals and then finish the top eight and then go into grand finals again so it was like up and down up and down all the time and um it was mostly kind of like based on like Nico's performance, like he was this like mega superstar and he, he carried the shit out of us. Like, honestly, he carried the shit out of us. And, but when he was playing bad, then the whole team was kind of playing bad. So I've really preferred the, the version where we had like this team structure and that, uh, 
we didn't really need star players to be at the top. We just needed to believe in each other and trust each other and have a good structure built where everyone actually plays and enjoys the game rather than having one guy and everything is like all like all the resources and everything is like pushed into this guy and then he has the whole like the weight of the world on his shoulder and if he makes a mistake everything falls apart i mean i sebastian to close sebastian sebastian said you know superstars are made like when you guys got topias when you guys got anna when you guys got miracle they were not superstars they became superstars because they won you know uh, and Johan, you talked about this alone, but I would love to ha have your thoughts on what Nexa was commenting on. Yeah, no, I was thinking it's very funny. Like it's a, it's again, it's a like both the math, the math adds up to instability, but of course peak potential, like meaning that if you have raw talent and, and you have a tournament or, or many tournaments that they end up playing, chances are they could win one or win multiple, but the chances are they cannot control their consistency, whereas a team that has that chemistry or, and you know, you add the right amount of talent and things like that, you can consistently start winning. We, it just brought me back to my Cloud9 days. Like I would join the Dota team, Cloud9, and it was kind of funny. I went into this team trying to become more of a leader role and I gave the whole spiel about what we're talking about here, like trust and how important it is and saying that you have a good atmosphere. This was my finishing statement. If you have a good atmosphere in a team, people will play better. Very simple. It's like, I, th I thought nobody would argue with this, but I was met with a no. So if you're like doing the positive speech and blah, 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 and then somebody says, no, that's not how it is. It's like, I already felt we lost, but truth be told, like we were super good, raw talent, incredible, like individual skill at the time, uh, blah, blah, blah. Our best tournament was our first one and it was just downhill from there. You saw how the, the cracks in the plate just kept getting bigger and bigger. We almost made like some of the top teams to spend early on. Uh, and then our last tournament was our worst and it was just an easy decline. And I, for me, it was a very clear statement that mentality, emotional aspect, the, uh, what kind of a team you are, like team as in my definition of team, I guess. And, and I think what I hear is Nexa shares it and, and many people share it. Many people come to a lot of these same conclusions. It's very fucking important. It's very important. Um, and it's also what can make superstars kind of like what you said, Jay, it's, you can see the potential come out in people there. A lot of people are super talented and have the potential to be a superstar and you can make them, you know, uh, you can, there's something that goes to it. Of course, people have talent. People are good at the game. I don't know what makes it every time. So for some, it's hard work. For some, it's just genetics, I guess. But um, it takes still a team to to make it come out all the time. I was going to add something. Um, and maybe I'm just going to talk something that is out of my ass. But I really feel that on the pro scene, the distance are very little between the best, best players and the next second best players and the third best players. Yes, maybe simple is light years ahead of everybody else but the rest you guys are just there and it just is that extra factor you know is that extra trust is that extra chemistry is that extra thing that i think that will make the difference i do understand that csgo is a more mechanical game maybe than dota it's just the ability can you click the head before the other guy clicks your head but i think that when we spoke about this we actually spoke about this johan you and i during blast about how simple was playing and how navi was playing and they were reckless, they're fearless, sorry, but they were fearless as a unit, you know? They, they believed every single time they turn a corner that they were going to be able to click them before they click, they were clicked. And you've, you felt it. I mean, it's easier sometimes to believe it after you see Simple doing it, but you got to believe it before you see it. You've got to believe that you can play like that before you can actually play like that, because if you play a scare, then you're never going to see it. And... I think that one of the things that I mean, I'm just not going to give the secret sauce, but a lot of the things that we do with, with, uh, Mia is not only the ability to talk to each other, it's the ability to see it and manifest in it, you know, before you actually do it. And Johan always talks about the little voice, you know, and I actually apply this in my personal life as well. Now, since I've been around Johan, you have a little voice in your head, your little voice, you little mean your inner speech. <laughs> My inner speech. It's called my means yeah, little, voice. little voice in your head. You have the inner speech. The inner speech is very tricky because the inner speech can poison your mind very fast. 
oh my God, look at what he's doing to me. Why is he doing to me? Don't you see that he's doing this? And I'm trying to fucking help him. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And then that thing is just eating you. Or you turn it around. Oh, why is he saying this? He needs help. Let me figure out how I can help. Maybe I am wrong. Let's see if we can do it differently. It can make or break, I think, that little voice, <laughs> the inner speech. Johan, but yeah, like for you, how is the inner speech? How do you learn how to control it? How much of preparation work you did through your life to be able to do this? And how can we help the new team with that inner speech? I mean, I think Sumia is a great advocate and one of probably one of the best people you could talk to about, um, yeah, about learning about this and the concept of this. Um, well, all in all, it's, 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 it's quite a simple thing. I still think the best example is the first one um, that, that, that she gave us is, so yeah, you have an, in, you have an inner speech. It's, I think it was 60 to 80,000 words a, a day on average that people tell each other. So you write a book to yourself in your head. And imagine, like the best example that I got was, imagine you're walking home from school, you go past the bus stop and people are, and the kids start laughing. And in your head, you go, oh, they're laughing at me. They're laughing at what I'm wearing. What a shitty day. It's Friday. I have no friends. Like I'm going to go play World of Warcraft, whatever, you know, it's like you can paint a horrible picture or whatever. And you can do the opposite. Like Jay said, you go by and it's, it's Friday. What am I going to wear? Maybe I should call my friends. You're creating kind of your own narrative of your day. You cry, you're creating the future is manifesting as well with what you're thinking. Um, and very often in competition, you're forced way I see it, you're forced into a negative spiral. It's always tempting you. It's always, it's always easier to blame something else. It's always easier to, to look at your teammate than to look at yourself and see like, I can carry more, I can do more. I can, I can take this responsibility on me. Um, and, and sometimes it's like unforgiving, like you do it, you're doing the right thing. You're really like being empathic. You're trying really hard for your team and still somebody is like talking shit to you, talking shit back and you're trying so damn hard. And, and this is when. Yeah, I think that it's so important to have a team, have good, like this is what, like, it pushes you to be a better human. It pushes you to be more mature. And if you have a full team who's on board with this, like you can get really far. You can get really, really far. Inner speech, very important. It's, it's very important for mental health for like, yeah, because if you let this also sit and be, make it a bad habit, you go on for weeks talking shit to yourself and, and you don't need that. You know, you got, you got the internet for that. <laughs> I think I felt that remember when we were in blast, I had a moment with you, Casper, because every single time something will happen, it was felt that a new obstacle was presented. Like the world didn't want us to win. We had obviously the problems with Nico and the ESIC, and then the next problem will be this. And then the next problem will be G2 wanted to talk to Alexi. And the next problem will be whatever the problem is, the, the internet is not working. And then the food was cold. <laughs> And it's like, there's always something that is going to stop you from winning. And you just want that perfect day where everything works perfect. So you can play the perfect CS and every call during the game is going to be perfect. Well, that doesn't exist, dude. It doesn't exist. And you have shit that is going on to you and the other team has shit that is going on to them. And it's whose mentality is allowing you to present the best version of you, regardless of what's happening in your life. No one cares. No one cares at the end of the day. What's going on? And I think that at the end of a year, I was feeling this victim mentality that I didn't really like. And maybe, obviously, I was not skilled enough to explain that we were not doing it right. But that's when I felt like we need we need something new. You know, we need we need a new voice here. Nexa, for you, how many of the things I was saying relate to you? I'm sure you've seen uh, this a million a times. A lot, a lot, a lot. I was like. At the beginning of, of last year, I was in a pretty tough spot myself. Um, we just went to like roster changes and I was like changing around my positions and I had really a hard, hard time playing. And I remember I was really being like tough on myself and putting myself down and it caused me to like play and perform even worse. I remember at one point I was like, I, I believe, like I, I still think that I, I hit a point where I was like just pure purely depressed and i remember i was saying to myself like during practices and like playing the games you know i just want to get it over with i want to go on the bench i don't want to keep playing like you know i'm i'm like you know full tilt all the time you know and i was really in like a bad mood 
like consistently playing from my apartment, you know, stuck during COVID and just like kind of, I don't know, I felt like I was like reliving the same nightmare every single day over and over. And I just wanted to just get it over with, you know, and um, then like I spoke to a, a sports psychologist, who was like part of Red Bull. Um, and he kind of, you know, like talked me through some things and helped me kind of like get a better perspective on things. And um, it, it was like really important for me. And it kind of like, you know, changed uh changed the the way i view things and since then i was just trying to do what i can do to the best of my abilities and if it wasn't enough then it just wasn't enough i would have to stop and uh, leave the team or move on or go somewhere else and um so so these things about like inner voice uh really speak a lot to me because i i went through a, a tough time myself and i know how how much impact and how much damage it can do to to you like not just in the game but like on on your like life in, in general like on your personal yeah. life as well just to be clear I, i've got a therapy i've gone to therapy i believe in this in and out not only for work but our personal lives <clears throat> and i think for me it was a little bit of a a moment of eye-opening when i met johan it, this is my love letter to johan and told him this many times but the thing that was more inspiring to me and why i wanted to join og is because his philosophy applied to my personal life. I always had like this chip on my shoulder where it's like, fuck the world, you know? I'm gonna prove all of you wrong. I'm gonna do this so you guys, the haters can suck it, you know? And it did got me to a lot of successes. I was able to, I, I made films for a living. I was able to make films very, but I never found the happiness. I found the success, but never the happiness. And I think that with Johan was like, dude, you gotta change this. Because what's the whole point of winning if you're miserable winning? Like, and I, I will always remember this, Johan, the sentence that you told me is like, tomorrow you're going to wake up and you're going to decide if you're going to be living in a world that makes you happy and in a world that you're optimistic about living in that world or in a world that you're going to hate. Which world do you rather live? And I said, obviously, in the world with love. And it's like, well, do you, you get to fucking write it? You know, do you want to wake up tomorrow feeling loved? It's up to you. Do you want to feel tomorrow optimistic about where you are in your life? It's up to you. And it's true. I mean, it doesn't happen obviously in one day that I wake up and everything this, but I left, I lived with him for so long that I, I was like, fuck, this shit is real. You know, it was all right. Even during COVID, I guess. Yeah. Oh, but, but we, we I, I saw COVID, the darkness, you know, we saw it. We saw it. The same thing that yeah, you're yeah. saying in Nexa, we lived it. It was awful. You know, we were trapped in the same nightmare every day. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But uh, at the same time, I do, I still do believe that you can find a lot of happiness within and you, at the end of the day, yeah, you have to pick yourself up and kind of make changes and, and, and do things to, to get yourself somewhere. At least you can't always expect the help. Of course, help is nice and ask for help. And, 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 and that's like the best, best things to do. But at the end of the day, you, I strive and I recommend people to strive also for like, get yourself a place where you can't just be toppled over, you know, um, be, be as much in control as, as you can. And, get strong, you know, build yourself up strong. And, and yeah, I mean, ask for help, mental health, inner speech. There's so many good things and sports psychology, Dota, and this journey definitely was a big part of my life. And I'm really happy to hear that Nexa said the same thing that you're, you've actually taken a lot of these things to heart. Cause I think that's one of the beauties of competition, even though it brings so much shit, <laughs> like so much shit, it can teach you so much and give you so much good lessons and, and, and good knowledge. I also want to put Casper into this conversation because one of my favorite things about Casper is his emotional intelligence and he has an education educator background. And I think that when we met Casper, we really saw in a way an extension or a evangelist of the concepts that we also believe in. And you have kids on your own. You do have now players that are in a way your second home. And you're obviously very, very aware of these things. How do you normally tackle them? How do you recommend it, you know, to tackle it? And how are you going to be doing uh, with the new roster and helping them? I think in general, like, you need to be good with people, like not only as a coach, but as a competitor in general, like Johan and Nex already talked about, like what relations do within the team, like it can make or break teams as well. Uh, and just being like aware of like, 
aware of the like personalities you're around, like how to interact with them. How do you spot if they're like happy? How do you spot if they're not feeling so good? Like it means a lot in terms of not only like creating a good relationship with each other, but also for creating the identity that you feel like you have the trust with the within the players and also between the players and the coach. Because it's no secret that throughout my coaching like time, most of my former players have become someone I've been really close with, especially the Danish players, because we traveled so much, like went in the airports nonstop together, lived and, and, and died by the same sword in terms of competition. So you have been like the roller coasters. Also in the OG teams, we have like these really like key moments where you remember like how was the emotions, how was the feelings, oh, everything was feeling like this and it was super good. But obviously in competition, you also have like the downside. So it's all, all about like knowing how to help each other like out of like both the happy places but also the good like the bad places because in the happy place you also need to leave that moment for a second to transfer into make like new happy places as well because if you get stuck in the competition you just played oh everything was great here and expecting everyone to everything to be at the next thing as well without resetting then sometimes you get an even even like bigger downfall because you didn't get the chance to reset and getting like get the chance to prepare in a proper way because you're kind of like dropped on on winning which you can be <laughs> where you kind of forget what's going on in the world outside and it's not only like competition wise but also like tackling like your family and surroundings because when you are a competitor you have a lot of days away from the home maybe not during covid but normally so you also gotta make the best out of it and if you just go go on these like competition runs but the only thing that matters in the whole world is winning then obviously you're gonna like maybe go down a rabbit hole at one point because everything else becomes not so important so it's 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 important for me when i see the players and also for myself to be realistic and also balance like these things knowing that the person needs to feel like trusted and needs to feel like safe for it can for the player to like to be able to perform its best because at one point if you remove all the things that make the the player happy <laughs> outside them playing that he's going to hate playing at some point. So it, it's a fine balance about like finding your identity, not only as, as a player, but also as a team and how you're going to get there. And I've had a lot of different personalities on my teams, but uh, I do my best every time to get to understand like what type of player is this, even though it's the times when it doesn't work out. I always do my best and invest myself like very much into the players themselves. So they also feel like they can talk to me and have a good relationship with me, like even after things are done. But obviously, like when it is competition, sometimes I get cut, sometimes the players get cut, and that's when you just got to look back and say, okay, I did my best for this player, and I'm happy with that. I don't have any regrets throughout my career, because if you have, then you would have been doing something wrong in the heat of the moment, at least. So I stand by what I do as a coach on a daily basis, but you can only like learn from, from your mistakes and also from your successes. Yeah. That's kind of my way of thinking, the team identity. No, yeah. it's, it's great. Next, I wanted to put a little bit more humor into this. What was your perspective of our players before you met them and how different are they from what you expected? Because we have quite clowny and big personalities in the team. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I think the only guy I can say is pretty much what I expected is Valde. Like, I expected him to be like this okay. calm and collected <laughs> guy. Like, kind of like a, a brain, you know, he's like so, super smart when he plays, like, you know, decision-making, how he talks to people, the, the behavior is like everything I expected. And then everyone else is just like a bunch of kids. Uh, like I came into a kindergarten and then they're just like, you know, yep. throwing bottles, <laughs> like throwing, throwing stuff everywhere, just screaming and going crazy. Um, but yeah, like, like, like you, luckily for me, I'm really used to playing with those kind of people and I'm used to being in that type of environment because I've always played with the younger people before, like previously, and I, I know how they are. And like, for example, Flames, he, he came from like playing like FPL and like kind of pugs, like puggy, puggy style. And I, that's, that's also where I came from basically. So I can really relate to him and I can see his behavior is my behavior like four years ago, like basically the same type of personality and, and the same, same person, you know, which uh, like, as I said, like I really relate to, and I know what I like how to work with him because I, I know like what worked with me and what I really liked when I was at his age and when I was like in the same like mood and like, you know, doing the things that he does, like I knew um, 
what I wanted from my in-game leader. I know like the, the limits I had and like if I wanted more, I, I, I know I can give him more. And also I know how to like, that, that he will always go for more, you know? So I also know that like sometimes I have to stop him, I have to contain him, you know, because like if you, if you don't tell him and even like Nico and, and Mantu, like if you don't tell them no, sometimes they're just going to keep like doing some things there on their own way, which like, you know, at a, like you can say they're like a little bit in, inexperienced. So sometimes you just got to, you know, kind of like guide them in, in a proper direction. And I, I find it really comfortable from my perspective because I've been in their shoes a couple of years back and I know like that I wish in when I was their age that I had someone to tell me to like do these things or not do these things to help me out like during during the beginning of my career. Mm -hmm. I think that Flamesy, you're gonna adore him when you meet him in person. He's such a fun kid. Oh, yeah. And I think he's actually one of the guys that I got along better when I was in person with him. Cause even though obviously I'm much older than him, dude, he was like, this guy was warm and, and, and loving from day one. And I remember when we went, I think it was the first bootcamp, right? When we went to Copenhagen and we went shopping with him, dude, he was like trying to find wet wives for his ass. It was like just little things of this kid that has never really lived away from his home before. Yeah. And he was trying to figure out how to buy a toothbrush and, and the food with him is impossible because he only eats what is it called halal, right? Or kosher. Kosher. Sorry. So yeah, so it's impossible to find any food for him and he's. I don't know. He's, he's I've, heard, I've heard the story. Yeah. yeah. So, and then you have Nico, which is a wild man. And he's one of the funniest people that I met. Uh, sometimes in a completely inappropriate and not correct way. I but it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. He's, he's this energy. He's like this constant positive outburst of energy bringing in. And I think that what I'm really going to be looking forward is how do you guys get along? can you build this team environment that maybe we didn't before? Because look, at the end of the day, Scandinavians, it's obviously hard to generalize Scandinavians, but it was more as a stoic team, like, oh, yo, thank you, sir. Oh, yo, no, no, you thank you, sir. And there was no, like, this really good, strong, maybe more Latin connections that I can understand, you know? I'm much warmer than them as an Spaniard. So I, I want to see how Flamesy, uh, who is Mediterranean, being Israeli, and you get along. Can you untap this potential that he has? Because I think, we think he could be fantastic, you know? But last year he was up and down. They had tournaments where he was owning everybody. And then they have tournaments, I don't know what was happening. And I don't know if he choked or he was shy or, but you know, like, is he going to be in this trajectory where he gets better and better and better? And Mantu, you know, is he going to play with the freedom that other umpers are playing, you know? Is he going to take that space yeah. or is he just going to be that tactical? So, dude, I can't wait for you guys to put come. It's going to happen next week, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Going to Poland. Mm. Going to visit Mantu's house. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> Do you feel like it's like the first day in the school when you get to see a new team that you never met before? Like, what am I wearing? Uh, yeah, what yeah. shoes? Are they going to make fun yeah, of my shoes? But... <laughs> No, I think I think it's fine because like both Flames and Nico, they have this type of personality where where I feel like they're really comfortable with breaking the ice, you know, and just like chatting shit, even though they don't really know you like so well, like on a personal level, they'll still, you know, like be, be comfortable with like, you know, creating and building this atmosphere and just being like fully open and breaking the ice and just being themselves, you know, which I, I'm sure it make things way more comfortable for me as well to kind of join in the, the group that they previously had. I look forward to it. We also <clears throat> we also have a lot of changes around the team. Uh, we have a new head of esports, Mike. We have Walter, that transitioned from the Dora manager to the operation coordinator for esports. And then we have Casper, uh, obviously. We have an assistant coach. So there's going to be a lot of new faces in this whole project. And I think that one of the things that also was very interesting for us was that it was a way to jumpstart the project with a new leader and new infrastructure behind it. So it is in many ways a whole new project, even though only one player has changed. Do you feel that way, Casper? Does it feel that way? I, I think so. 
because obviously with the changes and everything, it's created like more set structure around the team and we have gotten like new responsibility areas, which I think has definitely pushed ourselves, at least those around the team, to rethink ourselves a bit and make sure we focus a lot more on like progression and making sure the players have the best possible roles, freedom, whatever for them to perform. And for me personally, it's also like a, a great opportunity to to be able to lead a whole project with being the one responsible because a lot of other times it's been kind of player run teams. I've been brought in as like the last guy. So like some of these things uh, I'm really looking forward to. And I also think some of the changes we already made, you can see and feel on a daily basis that is really, really good. Like we had a set, have a set schedule every day. Like every player knows, okay, when they're joining, what we're going to do, how the day is going to look, how is the debrief going to be. Like some of these things that we talk a lot about structure for consistency, like those things we've really like tried to emphasize even more. And even though it can be rough <laughs> some days waking up, putting on the webcam and looking like you haven't slept at all, but at least we do it as a team and we get to see each other in the eyes and something like uh, like that. So... I think it's the right trajectory and path we have taken and I'm really excited and I don't think the player has ever worked as hard as they have the last 10 days. So I'm I'm really happy as a coach right now. That's awesome to hear. Johan, you've been a little bit away from this move specifically. How does it feel for you, you know, like seeing how other people that you've taught are trying to implement your your vision and your philosophies and your values? Do you feel like a sense of pride or like... You, obviously, you have to, I'm sure you see a lot of you in, in this roster, even though you didn't fully build it yourself, you know? Like, I don't know. I would love to hear your thoughts about it. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would have loved to. I don't know how much Seb did early on. Um, I would have loved to give him more time and more transfer of whatever I could give, of course. Now it sounds like, uh, that's, and I don't. I think it's very natural that, you know, people come to the same conclusions regardless regardless of the game, regardless of, 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 you know, not walking the same path, you still kind of end up the same places. Um, and I think all I want, all I really want is, you know, I want to, of course, feel that that's a true process. Like that's a good process. What I've heard today is like incredible and super nice. What I want OG to be is, is a place that allows that, supports that, enables that. Um, I think very, from the very beginning, you know, if it is able to talk about that, uh, like, and being very open and transparent again it's like it's a vision of mine that this is what is important this is what matters this is what makes teams and it's also a vision of mine like what an esport org should be and what it should try to do uh what it should try to become like what kind of machinery that should become um yeah and and hearing you know hard work and looking people in the eyes and and trust like all of these things are also things I wish somebody would have told me earlier, early on and, and emphasized on and tried to make happen. And, and, you know, like, yeah, no, it's all I can say is like, try to keep the good habits because it's very easy to sometimes lose them and like, you know, start, start slacking, start getting lax and, and it's okay, but you do want to feel like you're in control of, of how hard you're working and when you're taking an easy day and stuff. Um, I, of course it feels really good, you know, just hope to be able to, uh, do what we're supposed to do, do what we can do as, as an org, as a company, as people. Um, yeah. Hope you guys will come also to Portugal or if anything, I, if, if not, I come, come over for, for bootcamp. And if, if there's anything I can do to help, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help. I'll, I've heard so many stories from Mia as well. Like, I feel like I could also repeat, repeat stuff to you. And, and I truly do think that if you, yeah, if you're looking to get better as a team, if you're looking to get better as a competitor, you ask for help. Like when we did, we asked sports psychologists for help. We also had one from Red Bull back in 20, uh, 2017. And I think he did a lot, you know, even though we didn't win that next tournament, I think he did a lot for us for the coming years and opening doors for, for asking for more help, but also being like way more uh, concerned and smart about team dynamics, human team dynamics. Um, yeah, you know, it's so like, I want to help, you know, so badly. I feel like I, I could always help in like CSGO and in Dota and in everywhere. Um, and yeah, I think, I think this would be so awesome to, to even just watch from the side, but yeah, always, the door is always open. And, um, if not, you know, we can always pay for Mia to come by. <laughs> for me, it's a dream of mine that I've been trying to, to do for a while, 
not successfully, I might, I must admit, I, I wanted this, this transfer of knowledge on this, like in a way, hive mentality. And I have this dream where Johan, Seb, Nexa, Joey, Misha will, will have a way to talk and all that, because I obviously, I don't know if you know much about us, Nexa, but we are a company that was built because of Johan and Seb had this dream, this concept of we would play our best games where we have these love and nurturing environment and people will stop in a way messing with us because they were in orcs for all their lives, you know, and their experience never really, it was never really what they needed or what they wanted. So they said, well, fuck it, we're going to have to create it ourselves. And we are a company that we never got funding for anybody. All our, all the money is our money, company that money, Johan and Seb's money. It is all self-generating and, and in a way very sustainable, which is why maybe we don't do like some of the big, big signings. But this whole thing was based on, Johan tells me every day, you gotta make sure that players have everything that they need, that the only worry in the world is about playing, competing in a healthy environment, you know, where we are helping them with whatever we need to help them in their lives. Because in a way we are a company owned by players, you know, it's, it's his company. So we do have a very unique way of, of working and I'd love to bring you back in a few months, you know, after you lived in the OG ecosystem, because we're actually very close to each other, all of us, you know, and when we see each other in person, it's always fantastic, you know, because it's not like owners or all this, it's more like, fuck, your passion for esports is my passion for esports and it's his passion for esports which is awesome, you know, because now we get to all share it together and we make money out of doing this, which is ridiculous in many ways, you know? And I don't know, it's, I wake up every day super happy that I get to do this. And I wake up every day happy that Johan is happy that we get to do this. Yeah, I mean, of, of course, I, I know like the, the whole story um, behind the OG and uh, how, how you guys kind of, you know, like created things. And yeah, in, in my own experiences, I had like brushes with, some some shitty orgs in the past and i know like how how it can be and like i, I was kind of like brushing at the side saying that like you know it, it's business they need to do this to make money or whatever like you know when i signed for g2 they made me pay a part of my own buyout and you know like stuff like this you know and i was always like saying to myself that yeah it's it's business you know it's it's part of the business they have to do this to kind of like you know survive they also need to make money or taking percentage like more percentage from like stickers or like whatever you know from the players you know i was always like kind of brushing it aside and telling myself that um it's just part of business it's how business operates you know but i've always loved the idea of like owning um your own organization and it was also like something that i've dreamed on when i was younger you know and in, in cs we kind of have like big clan they're also like an organization that was made by players and i think they kind of followed the model of of, of OG as well. And I, I really love that concept where it's not like you're your own boss, but like, you know, that you have some, some things that you're able to get that you would not normally get from an organization. You know, that your back is always covered. You don't have to worry about anything other than just sitting behind your PC and, and play, play the game. Like you don't have to worry about like, will you get paid on time? Will you get your prize money or whatever? Like I had like, prize money literally stolen from me from my, like one of my previous organizations, you know, and a, a lot of like different shit that was just like stressing me out all the time and affecting the, the way I was playing. So I really love this like concept and this idea that you guys did with OG. And um, even though I don't play Dota, like you guys are so like huge that of course, like I've, I've heard of you and I seen it and I was like watching when you guys want the TI. And like, it was giving me chills. Like I, I had no idea what I was watching, but like, you know, the emotions and like this, I think the, was it called like true sight, right? The, the, the video. Yeah. Um, I still cry every time like I see watching it. that video. Yeah. <laughs> like time. it's like giving me chills. Like it's so emotional, even though I don't know anything about like Dota, like as, as a game, it, it still like gives me chills and like, it, it's, it's like really amazing to, to witness that. It's a great adventure, yeah, man. Too many. It's an adventure of a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that yeah yeah and and yeah like the stories of the orgs and and have how things are or have been in the past it's it's quite mad it's, it's quite wild like um one thing is the lack of transparency and then the, the the stories you get told but the other one is like step one and two is uh 
paying out salary or pay, or like not pocketing prize money, like having prize money pocketed is such a corrupt, illegal, shameful move. And so many people have had no problem doing it to minors or like teenagers. And that was the beginning of esports. Um, yeah, man. So you had to go through that shit too. <laughs> you know, then yeah. nature happens and, and you have player run orgs further on ahead. And I think that we, we pride also that we never really made moves without people knowing, you know, that, I mean, you see how long we stay with, with rosters. We always wanted people to feel safe at their work, you know, at their job without really having to look on your back. Anybody that was traded was either asked to trade or we were giving them notice on notice on notice on hey, let's do it one more time. Okay. Let's give ourselves three months more, but if not, we're going to change something, you know, it's like. Because it really helps with the inner monologue or the little voice, like I call it, you know, if you are safe, it's easier to make sure that you talk to yourself better. Look, I, I hope that through this podcast, people get to see a little bit of why we wanted to work with you. You are, you seem, and the way you're speaking, you're literally saying everything that it was right, that I believe that we believe, we believe honestly that we got better. We are super excited to have you and. I, I also want to give you a lot of credit, Casper. You've been a fundamental part of, of my project and our project, and we always wanted to enable you a little bit more. And we honestly believe that if you look at the IGLs and more like leaders of teams, dude, we got the right one. You know, the, this, he is the person that we needed. And honestly, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm blessed, you know, humbled that you're here. We have a lot of hopefully wins or, or things to do for you, you know, so you don't feel that it's a step backwards and we're going to try, we're going to try our, our best. Yeah. I got to yeah, say the motivation speech in the beginning or like why you, your inspirational speech was, was amazing because it was so pure. It's like, you know, want to play good, want to unleash potential of people, want to, you know, bring people higher up than what they think they can be. Uh, I think these are like, these are the most pure reasons you can play for. And this is also what can carry you so much further. You know, if your motivations are more shallow or, or your goal is very simple, uh, then it's not, I don't know. It just doesn't have the same ring to it. So it's, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm, I'm super excited as well. Super, super excited. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Casper, any thoughts from you to wrap it up, to wrap this? Uh, as I said to Nexa the first time we talked, and sorry, Mike, about that, but I said he was a steal, so I'm not sure if it had anything to do with the zeros on his contract, but I said he was a steal in the market, like 100% from the first time we talked. I knew it was an honest guy, like even though there were some things we need to talk about, he was super honest about it straight from the beginning, like no bullshit, and I knew from that point on that that was kind of the, the way we wanted to go. The things he said was spot on in terms of the thoughts we've been going through not only as like the organization but also as the team like with the players like there were so many like boxes ticked where i was like okay this is gonna be really fucking great and from the first like 10 days of how much we've played like not even that much um i think it's safe to say nex has already found like a pretty good role within the team the the players trust him they listen like it's a lot of like positives here from the beginning and i would also say like I know I have been been enabled a bit more, like ever since like we changed uh, the direction a bit. But I also got like Alex in as my assistant, which kind of compliments me in a lot of good ways. So he he knows how to interact in his way with the team, and I can focus on some other stuff. And I think overall, that addition alongside Nexa has been really great for the players. Like it brought some new energy, some motivation, the will to work super super hard. Like. I'm I'm very excited and uh, I've never like felt like I was like this hype going into a bootcamp because at bootcamps you're always fixing a lot of stuff, but this time I feel like we can actually develop a lot more than we're fixing and, and that's a long time since I've had that uh, feeling. It's music to my ears. I will also like publicly uh, thank G2. The transition and the trade between the two players was was great. They were great to work with because it's very rare where both teams get exactly what they want for the terms that we want and everything that we wanted. And obviously I'm, I'm friends with G2 and with Carlos. It was a great trade made by gentlemen and it happened with no problem from any side. And we both get better and we both get what we want. And now I can't wait to wipe the floor with them. 
So <laughs> if possible. Yeah, I think it creates this fun, fun rivalry, but it's completely healthy. You know, we still love Alexia yeah. and I love Carlos. I just want to see us win against them on anything, on everywhere, no matter what we play. If we play tomorrow beach yeah. volleyball, I want to smash Carlos, you know? So Carlos, if you're listening to this, your League of Legends team will lose against my daughter team on anything you ever choose to do, just so you know. Well, probably not Berlin Brawl because Johan lost. <laughs> but we will oh, not come trust on. I'm, I'm warmed up. I'm warmed up. But no, dude, I'm, I'm super happy. And this is a new beginning for OG CSGO. And um, yeah, dude, uh, we will go with you. We'll hope to see you soon on the bootcamp. I uh, will try to drag Johan there. And yeah, I, I would love to you know meet you in person, hopefully very soon. Awesome. Well, sure. that's going to be it for the podcast. Uh, thank you so much, everybody, for being here. And we would love to follow back, follow again with you in a few months. So probably you have more stories to share and more clowny, fun stories from Nico to share with all of us. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for, sure, for, for sure. joining us. And <laughs> have a great day.